been talking on on um, choices and really tonight I want to hit like what I would call the central um, heart of this message that, that I've started on choices in um, the last couple of weeks uh, I have talked on choices I've talked on the sovereignty of God a bit not much but you know many times people get into sovereignty and it takes away our choice to get into it the extreme I believe God is a sovereign God as and he's king I believe he's he's ruler nobody tells him what to do Okay, but I do believe that God has magnified his word above his name and you know that you can come and you can base your life on what he says. He set that in motion, not me and you, but we get the opportunity to believe it. Okay, so we get to believe what he said. So he, he, he's, a, he's a faith God. So he wants us to come and exercise our faith and put faith in what he has said. So, uh, you know, how are you ever going to be able to um, stand on the promises of God if you think that everything happens in your life came directly from him? That's not true. The Bible tells us to resist the devil and he will flee. And many times people are afraid to resist because they think it's God in their life. You know, it's like, you know, sometimes people say sickness is a blessing. That's the one blessing I do not want to have. Okay, you can take me. If you think that's a blessing, you can have it. You know what I mean? I'll give you my blessing. But um, you can take it. But, you know, people say stuff like that. It's, a, it's not a, it's a curse. The Bible is very clear on it in Deuteronomy 28 that it's under the curse of the law. Um, you know what? We're to resist the devil and, we, and he flees from us. Um, you know, it's, uh, the Bible talks about that woman that was um, um, bent over for 18 years and that Satan had bound her that way. It wasn't God. That didn't come from God. That was, a, that was an attack of the devil on that woman's life. That's why Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of who? The devil. It wasn't a blessing from God. Sickness isn't a blessing from God it's a curse from the pit of hell yes. amen it is a curse I, I always say because I know I, I've been there I've been very sick in my life and I always say if you think if you think um, sickness is a blessing you just haven't been sick enough yet <laughs> to realize just how much of a curse it is amen it's a curse absolute curse um, but you know what God has given us this uh, uh, ability to choose it's called a free will and um, we have a free will um, I looked at it last week uh, showing in the garden that we have a free will but there was also two influences in the garden there was the, the Lord God who walked with man in the cool of the day but there was also Satan in the garden as well and, and all of us can be influenced okay so you do have a choice but your choices can be influenced and you know, I, I talked last week just showing that you know it's not this here do you know what I have choice and I'll do whatever I want and all of those kind of things no every one of us are being influenced and you, you have choice but let God be the influence in your life amen you need God's help in your choices you can't do it yourself now we ultimately make the choice but it's his backing that's what you see Paul he turned around and he said the good that I want to do I don't do and, and the, what I don't want to do, that's the very thing I end up doing. And he, he was, uh, that battle that went on. But Paul found that I can do all things through Christ. He found that it, it, whenever he walked in the spirit, he wouldn't fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, and many times we try to do it ourselves, but we need the influence of God in our lives. So it's not just saying, you know, like self-help, I can do it. No, it's saying, no, God, I need you. God I need your help I'm not going to do it in my strength I'm going to walk in the spirit and when you walk in the spirit you don't fulfill the lusts of the flesh and there's a, there's a war that goes on to get control of your, your mind which is really like the steering wheel of your life 
And whoever gets influence of your steering wheel drives your body wherever. You know. So if your, your, your flesh has the steering wheel, you're going to go the direction of your flesh. And if your spirit, um, under the influence of the Holy Ghost, has the steering wheel, you're going to go the direction of God. But you don't do that in your own strength, but you still have to make the choice. But there's an influence enabling you to make that choice, empowering you to make that choice. People say they're doing their own thing. Ephesians chapter 2 lets us know even, even for anybody living on this planet, if you don't know God, you're under the influence of the course of this world. That's right. So there's an influence in everybody's life. I just let God influence my life. Amen. And I've learned to walk in the Spirit. And the more you walk in the Spirit, you know, the, the less influence the, the flesh has over your life. Because you're letting God influence your life. I was, saying, I was saying last week, you know, that um, uh, Paul said, I bring my body under. But he didn't do that in his own strength. Because he, he seen the results of doing it in his own strength and he couldn't bring it under. So how do we bring our body under? Through God's influence. This tongue, the Bible says, is unruly and no man can tame it. You can't even tame it yourself. Okay, it says that in James. But you know, your, your tongue is part of your body. And when you walk in the Spirit, you can even bring this under control. So when you, when you have control of this, that lets you know God's having an influence over your life. That you're saying what He says. That's why you fill your heart full of God's Word. And then out of the abundance of your heart, you start getting control of your mouth. And it starts to speak what God says. So I'm saying it's choice. We have the choice. But I'm not into no self-help. I depend on Jesus every day. Uh, sin came into the earth because of independence. When man acted independent of God, sin came into this planet. Yeah? It came in. See, we were never meant to be independent. We're meant to be God-dependent, relying on Him, but He has given us choice, and He influences our choices. So it's not just saying, I'll do what I want. No, it's saying, God, I yield to you. Submit yourself to God first. Then you can resist the devil. Amen. Amen? So it's a hard thing. It's a hard issue. So I'm not interested in running around in life saying, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. I'm interested in running around saying, I can't do it, but I can do all things through Christ. Amen. I know what I can do of my own self. I'm nothing. In myself, I can't do it, but I'm not just in myself. I'm in Him. And in Him, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It keeps me dependent on Him. Amen. It's like many times people say I'm the righteousness of God. But they stop there. So they become arrogant. And even Christians can become arrogant, run around saying I'm righteous. No, finish it. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what keeps you humble. It keeps you Jesus focused. So I'm righteous because of Him. Amen. Nothing I did. Nothing you did. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to look over here this evening. John chapter 1. I love this verse here, or these few verses here. But look, you'll see choices here, but look what it says here. And he came on to his own. This is talking about Jesus. He came on to his own, and his own what? Received him not. Do you know, do you know what to receive from Jesus is a choice? Mm, that's right. Yeah? And then it says here, but as many as received him to them. See, this is not about, you know, God picking who he's saving and who he's blessing and all of those kind of thing it's available for everybody okay but not everybody receives we all have equal opportunity in other words 
But we can have different results. Because some receive and some don't. So it says here, He came to His own and His own received Him not, but as many as received Him, to them He gave the power, the right, the privilege to become the sons of God, even to them that what? Believe. So you have to believe. Believe and receive. Amen. And look, it says here in verse 16, And of His fullness have all of we received. Never have an empty picture of Jesus. Have a full picture of Jesus. Jesus is not empty. You know, we're not coming, you know, you know, like um, a lot of months ago there, whenever the snow was here and people were buying the shelves, you know, everything off the shelves, and you'd go to the shopping center and they were empty. There was nothing there. There was no bread. There was, you know, Fred, there's no bread. <laughs> okay. There was nothing there. It was empty. But you know, and many times people have that image of coming to Jesus, that you're coming to him and you're trying to squeeze something out of him. But we need to go to Jesus with the awareness that he is full and he has so much to give to us. Look, I'm not interested in this here poverty mentality, Christianity, where I come to God with a begging mentality. That's an insult to God because God is so full. It's an insult to come to someone who is full and only receive a bit. I'm not talking about being covetousness or selfish or anything like that. But I'm going to take everything that Jesus has for me. And how do you get it? You have to receive it. Of his fullness. Some people have an empty mentality of Jesus. But Jesus came full. Full of blessing. Full of favor. See it says here of his fullness have all we received. And grace for what? Grace. That means every time you take from him, it's just like it replaces itself. So you take grace, there's more. You take grace, there's more. It was like the five loaves and the two fish. Every time you took, there was more. There's, all, there's more than enough in God. So sometimes we come with this small mindset. That's why the prophet in the Old Testament told the widow to go and borrow vessels and don't borrow a few. Make provision for God. God's, God will pour as much as you make room for Him to pour because He is not empty. It's us that limit Him with our wee pot. So we come to a big God with a wee small pot that we have gotten woodies or somewhere like that or, you know, some hardware store. We pop this size. And God's saying, would you just come with me with a garden or a forest mentality? Because I, I can fill, you just, I can fill as much as you make room for me to fill. Amen. So, and that's what's saying, grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses and grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Jesus is a grace Jesus. He came full of grace and truth, okay? Um, we, all, we know like the law was given by Moses. The law is always demanding something from you, but grace is always giving something to you. Grace gives you. The law takes. It's demanding all the time. But, but grace gives. Jesus came full. That's why you have to receive from him. You don't earn from him, you receive from him. He's already got it. We just need to come and take it. Some people hate that word, I'm going to take from God. I mean, you know, when I go to my mum's house, I just go and take. You know, you know what I mean? I open up the fridge and I take. I have a take mentality and I go to my mum's house. 
And I'll tell you, there's plenty to take, I can tell you. Every time we go in, the, the table is full of stuff. It's always, Mama is well prepared. Uh, you know, I've mentioned this this last couple of weeks, but you know, that just came up with me there. You know, um, God has prepared a table before us. I, I understand that when I go to my mum's house, because I can, before we get there, mum has a table prepared for, before us. It's already there. And all the goodies are on that table. All, all the stuff that, that, you know, we have to receive by faith, you know. <laughs> Rebuke those calories in Jesus' name. But it's all there, chocolate buttons, and then, you know, and then, and then out comes everything else. And, and then uh, it's usually, you know, Chinese or something then on top of that. I tell you, you never leave empty whenever you go to my mum's house. Why? Because she has a full mentality. Do you ever go to somebody's house... And the, the, they give you something to eat and you leave starving. <laughs> I don't understand that, but you know what? That's <laughs> I wasn't brought up like that. But you know, um, God is a, God's a full God. When you come into his house, he doesn't want you leaving empty. Is what I'm saying. Amen. But you know what? We receive from his fullness. Amen. Now, as many as received him. In other words, he came full. You know, you had to take your opportunity. Many, many know there's times in life if you don't take your opportunity, you'll miss it. Now, it doesn't mean to say it won't come round again, but sometimes it takes a while for it to come round again. God will give you an opportunity. Like the children of Israel walked around in circles, in circles, in circles, in circles, in circles in the wilderness, seeing the same footprints over and over again. And you know, we can do that sometimes as well. I've seen many times the opportunity went. I, I sometimes can hesitate whenever, I, 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 I don't know, I process everything. Because my mind is thinking, and it can be the simplest thing. Have you ever asked me anything and I stand looking at you like this? <laughs> just, just realize that's me thinking. Because Don will always say to me, honey, you want to see your face when somebody asks you the smallest thing. You know, are you, are you, are you free for something or whatever? I, I go... <laughs> And it's not that I'm saying no, it's just I'm trying to think. That's why I always tell everybody, ask my wife, she, she's, she's the best one to ask, because I, I look like a, 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 you know, a rabbit looking at fog lights, you know, <laughs> I'm stunned. <laughs> but you know what, many times we miss our opportunity, I do that sometimes, and, and just the natural things like can miss my opportunity, because I sometimes just hesitate on a decision or something. But in God, I tell you, when you don't let him walk on by. Okay, and I'll show this here in a second. Like I'm not saying he's walking away from us and stuff like that, but in his earthly ministry, you see that that's the way he operated. Okay, let me just look at this for a second. Look, and I'm going to go through all of the, all of the scriptures here, but you can see here, um, in in Mark chapter six here, this is whenever Jesus, you know, sent the disciples um, in the boat, and he had to constrain them to get in the boat because the disciples were aware that a storm was brewing. So Jesus constrained them to get into, into a boat and, um, you know, to, to go to the other side. And um, we know the story, they end up in a storm and then Jesus comes walking on the water. But look at the way this is phrased. I'll just jump down here to verse 48. It says, And, and he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them, it was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he comes unto them walking upon the sea. And look at this. And would have passed by them. That's an interesting phrase there, isn't it? You know, he came and would have kept going on past them. 
unless they're cried out. And this is the way Jesus operates. I'm telling you, Jesus doesn't force himself on you. But he came full for you. But it's our choice. We have to receive from him. It's just an interesting thing. Let me, I'll show you a couple of these. Look over and look. Um, 24. This is whenever Jesus was um, walking with the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Remember he walked with the two disciples on the road to a mess. And he starts to reveal unto them, you know, um, himself from the scriptures, the Bible says. And it lets us know then, if you keep reading, that their hearts burned in them while Jesus spoke to them. So if you want this word to come alive on the inside, if you see Jesus in it and what he has for you, we look unto him. I've found the scriptures come alive inside us. You know, there's a good heartburn. And that's a good heartburn when the word burns in your heart. There's nothing like hearing from God. You know, we're word species. It's how we operate. We operate by our words. Um, you read Genesis chapter 1, you find out that God is a word being. He made us in his own image and likeness. That's why words have such an impact on us. Just, just like, you know, um, some people are into, into poetry and stuff like that. And you know what? It's because the words, there's, it carries something. Because we're word beings. But I'm telling you, there's nothing like God's word speaking to us. And when you get God's word in your heart and it comes alive in you, See, the Word comes alive in you when the Holy Spirit cracks it open and starts to reveal Jesus to you. He is the revelation of Scripture. And when you see Him, there's something just goes off in you. It's heartburn. That's why you can, you can quote the Scriptures religiously and it does nothing for you. But I'm telling you, when you preach it in faith and you show Jesus and the Holy Spirit starts to reveal it to you, it just comes alive in you. Actually, I was listening to something the other night and I'm telling you, my heart just started like just jumping out of my chest because what was said just went off in here. Do you ever have it just go off in you? And it's just a knowing that goes off on the inside of you. There's no explanation that you can really put into words to explain that. You just have to experience that. But you know what it is? It's heartburn where the word just burns in you and you go, yes, that is for me. Amen. Or that is true. It brings revelation, in other words. Amen. But look what it said here. It said, um, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning who? Himself. Praise God. I'll, I'll not even go down that tonight because it'll take up too much time. Um, verse 28, And they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went. This was going to a mess here. And it says, and he made as though he would have gone further. But look at this. But they constrained him. Come inside. Who asked them to come in? They did. Jesus would have kept walking. You see, Jesus doesn't force himself on you. But he makes himself available to you. He drew close to these guys and walked with them. And if they would have said, you know what? You know what? We don't really value what you say. Jesus would have kept walking. But they valued what Jesus said. And do you know what they said? Come in. That's why some people value the word and some people don't. But, it, but that'll determine what you receive from Jesus. Because, do you see, if you honor him and you respect him, you will receive more from him. You know, I was looking at this here as well this week. But, you know, when Jesus went to his own country and his own, his own um, city, and the Bible says that they didn't receive him very well. They didn't give him any honor. They didn't honor him. 
And because they didn't honor him, they didn't receive very much from him. Because you can only receive from a gift when you honor the gift. And I, I found that once you stop respecting a gift, you start receiving less. But the more you respect the gift, the more you receive. And it's not the person, it's the gift. But when Jesus, it's the person, it's who he is. Okay, but I'm talking about ministry gifts. It's, it's not the person, it's the gift in them. Okay, but I, I tell you, in Jesus, when you, when you honor Jesus, you will receive from him what he has to give you. He went there and you know what he was like in, that, in his hometown? He was like a, a little trickle off a top to where they got a few wee things happened for them, but not much. But it wasn't that he didn't come full because he came full. Okay, everywhere he went, he was full of grace and truth. But he couldn't do much for them. Some people get upset with that when you say he could not there do any mighty works. Well, he couldn't. Yeah. Amen? He couldn't. And the reason he couldn't is because of their unbelief, not because of his supply. Right. It was nothing to do with his supply. His supply was on. Yeah. But you have to receive from him by faith. And because they were full of doubt and unbelief, they didn't receive very much from Jesus. The problem is never on God's end. God is full. Jesus is full. He is ready. Always ready. I have an image that I, have, I keep on my computer. Um, and it's, it's an image of... I put it up here one night. I preached a message on it. But it's, a, it's an image of a wave. A big massive wave, about a 40 foot high wave. And there's a guy standing at the edge of like a promenade. And it's coming towards him. That's about to sweep him. Well, I'm telling you, grace isn't a trickle. There's an abundance of grace. But you have to receive from it. I'm like, God, just swamp me in it. Yes. Off your fullness. I, I receive. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a taker. I say, oh, you're a taker. Well, you're stupid to try. You try and do it whenever God can do it. Why not just say, God, I receive from you? You see, me doing it, like I said last week, it's like me screwing in screws into the wall with a screwdriver in my ability. Well, I can do more in his ability flowing through me. I'm going to take a drill out and I'll, I can screw a lot more screws in his strength and his ability. Amen. <laughs> That's grace. Um, but look, look again, it says there, and he made as though he would have gone further, but they constrained him. Who constrained him? They did. Well, that is choice. I want what you have for me. Please come in and talk to us more. I want more of this. In other words, they put the demand. It's not a demand on God. God, I'm demanding you. But it's a demand like you would go to the um, switch over there and put the switch on to get the lights to come on. The power is already there. You're not commanding the electricity company to send power here. It's already here. You're just putting a demand on what is already here. And it's the same in God. Jesus came full. You put a demand on what's in him. For you. Amen. Look, look here. Mark 5. This upsets religious people to talk like this. But you can be religious and very religious and get nothing. Amen. <laughs> I need God every day, so I don't mind talking like this. Amen. Amen. Mark 5. Here's the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, the, the issue of blood. And we know that um, Jairus came and, you know, Jesus leaves with Jairus to go to, to heal his daughter. But look here in verse 24. It says, and Jesus went with him. So Jesus is leaving. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he's leaving. 
And then it says that there's, um, and much people followed him and thronged him. And it says, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Look at this. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind him, and she touched the hem of his garment. She didn't ask him. She just seen what was, what was meant to be in her was in Jesus, and it was leaving me. And you know what she did? She went after it. She didn't let her, her answer walk away. Yeah? See, some people are waiting on God, and God's waiting on us. Waiting on us to, to receive. Amen? She didn't even ask. Could she get healed? Why? She took it because he already came full. She knew. See, here's what she heard of Jesus. Well, whatever she heard caused a sick woman, a broken woman, a woman with um, basically nothing. She, she was a wealthy woman at, at one time. She spent everything trying to get well and kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And as I always say, my mum says, worser. <laughs> That's country talk, man. <laughs> worser. She got worser and worser. Twelve years. Not getting better. Do you know what? That can do something to your mind. But then she heard of Jesus. And what happened? Hope came. Hope came. I can get better. If I get to Jesus. Amen. And do you know what? When you get hope, do you know what follows on after that? Faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. She hoped and then she says, that's mine. I always love she came and she didn't wait till she felt it. She, see, a lot of people are waiting to feel she touched first, and then she felt. And many times people are waiting to the field before they say what God says. No, she said, if I may touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And she went, and she acted out in her faith. And before she felt anything, she first of all touched. She touched him, and then she felt. Some people are going on how they feel. There's a real hindrance, and the church world has become so touchy-feely. You know, we're all looking for a feeling and for an emotion. And, you know, I want to feel a certain way. And, you know what, I want, I, I, I want the temperature to be a certain way. And, and, and the, the, the atmosphere to be a certain way. And it's all touchy-feely. And I, I'm not saying that we don't, you know, we come to an ugly building and um, we sit freezing. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if you start trusting in every wee thing how you feel. And, you know, there's people, there's people before they even hear a word have already rejected certain places because they've looked at the way things are and the appearance and all that. They're going by their feelings. Amen. I'd rather live by faith any day. Amen. I'd rather live by faith. There's a woman that didn't go by her feelings. She touched even while she was sick and felt horrible and crawling there like Casper the ghost because she only has about a half a litre of blood in her. You know what I mean? She's been bleeding 12 years. No energy. But she got to Jesus. Amen. Do you know why? It was an attitude. He has what belongs to me. And I'm taking it. Amen. He has what belongs to me and I'm taking it. Your yeah. so faith takes... Some people get upset about that, and faith receives. But you know, faith takes. <laughs> Amen. Receiving is taken. Faith takes. So she came in the press behind him, and she touched the hem of his garment. Amen. Don't let your answer leave you. Don't let your answer 
walk on by. Walk on by. There's some things you need to let walk on by. Offense, just let it walk on by. Bitterness, bye. Yes, sir. There's some friends you need to let walk on by. Because you know what? They're, they're, they're not going to help you get to your destiny. Mm. Love them. Some people you love from a distance. Some people you love from a, uh, yeah, a distance where you need binoculars to see them. <laughs> okay? Or a telescope. <laughs> okay? But love them. Just don't get close. You want to do what God's called you to do? Run with the right people. Paul told Timothy to run with the right people. Love everybody, but run with the right people. Run with people who are running after God. They'll keep you going. They'll keep you running. They'll keep you pressing. You know, what? You know if you want to run a race, you want to run a marathon, don't run with someone who loves Mars bars all day. You understand? You know, on a Mars bar diet, love someone that loves, you know, the food for running. And then I'm, talk, I'm a bit of a hypocrite. I'm not, I don't even run, but you know what I mean? But I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm running a different kind of race, okay? But if you're running in the natural, don't run with someone that's my size if you're running in the natural. Don't run with me in the natural. You'll never finish a marathon. Run with people that are running to finish. Well, do you know what? And spiritually, run with people who are running to finish. Amen. I mean, there's a lot of people who are fit as a fiddle, but they're not going to finish the race that God has for them. Amen. Run with people who are running to finish. Amen. Amen. They're not going to talk you out of your out of your miracle. So praise God. So she heard of Jesus. I always say she heard how ridiculously good Jesus is. And it got her up to get to him. And give her hope, a woman who had no hope. Amen. Praise God. Look over here, Matthew. Um, 20. Again, yeah, I'm just showing here, Jesus came full, but many times you see him leaving. Now I know for us, we're saved. And he, he's in us, okay? We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. So he said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Okay, so we know he doesn't leave us. But I'm talking about whenever he was here walking on this planet, he was always going, you had to call out to him. But it's the same thing that you have to receive from him. But he's your supply. Now many is your answer. Many can think of some things you want to walk on by. <laughs> but there are some things you just need to reach out and say, oh, that's not walking by me. That's mine. And sometimes you have to fight for it. I don't mean fight in your strength to produce it. Jesus produced it. I mean you fight the good fight of faith for what he has already won for you. The only fight we have is the fight of faith. That's our fight. Good just to stay and fight and it is a, it's a good fight That's right. he won he's a conqueror we're more than a conqueror he fought we get the the victory we get the spoils but we have to stand in faith for that because it comes by faith amen look at this here Matthew 20 verse um, 29 it says and, and as they departed from Jericho look at this a great multitude followed him so Jesus is on his way out of Jericho and it says, And behold, two um, blind men sitting by the, the, the wayside, when they heard Jesus pass by, look at this, cried out. Do you see, their, their answer was leaving, but they weren't about to let it leave. They cried out, um, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. That's covenant talk. Do you want you, you speak your covenant? Yeah. Call it out. Yeah. We have a better covenant based on better promises. Amen. But these guys spoke out. 
Do you see, they had a covenant with God. They came on the basis of their covenant. That's like um, why the woman, the sorrow Phoenician woman, she tried to do this. She tried to say, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus had to let her know, you don't have a covenant with me. But Jesus was positioning her that you can just come and receive by faith. So you can always come to Jesus by faith. But he was repositioning her because she was coming based on a covenant that she didn't have. But you know what? We do have a covenant with God. And it's based on better promises. So we can come in our covenant and take the word out and say, this is what the word says, Lord. And I'm believing it, Lord. And I thank you. You promised it to me. I'm not trying to twist your arm up your back. Your hands are out. You're, you're full of grace and truth. So I'm not trying to pray here to force your hand. I see your hand already out. And I just come and take what's mine. That's faith. That's how faith thinks and how faith talks. But you know what? They, they, they cried out. Look down in verse um, 32. It says, Jesus stood still. Amen. He was leaving, but they cried out. And what happened? Jesus stood still. And look at, look at this here. See, this is getting down to choice here. This is all choice. But look at this. It says, and called on to them and said, look at this. What will you that I shall do unto you? Yeah, that sounds like a silly question. Like, like there's two blind men here, okay? What do you think? What do you think that they're looking Jesus to do? Restore their sight. But you see, Jesus doesn't force himself on you. He meets you at your point of faith. So he came and said, what is it that you want me to do I'm not going to just come and because I'm a, I, came, I came full but how, you, how do you receive grace you receive it by faith faith accesses the grace of God Romans chapter 5 so what do you, you have to come in faith so Jesus came and said what do you want me to do you know what it's like you know when you go and get your hair cut I know whenever I go and get my hair cut the first thing the, the, the barber says is what can I do for you he can do anything for you now, if I turn around and say, all you, what? <laughs> Nearly? <laughs> if I turn around and say, say to him, do you know, um, I just, just do whatever. Well, I'm not availing of his ability. Or if I say to him, just, you know, just, just take a wee, a wee, like, millimeter off the top of my hair. That's all he'll do. But you know what? He's the ability, and the, the barbers today are amazing. They're, they can do so much amazing things. They're trained different now, you know, for the men's barbers. So they will, they do all of these wee fancy shavings and, you know, bald fades and all of this kind of stuff. And they're amazing what they do. But what I'm saying is they have the ability, they've trained. But they ask you, what do you want me to do? If you just said, you know what, shave half of this head off, that's what they'll do. You say, just, just trim the locks, that's what they'll do. But if you tell them, you know, go to work and... I want a masterpiece. <laughs> Surprise me. Use your gifts. I usually start talking to them and I say, what do you think? Or, you know, if I don't know, and I'll talk to them about it. And then I'll say, do that. Well, that's what Jesus is saying here. What do you want me to do? Do you see if they'd have said, you know, I just, want to, I just want to barely see. That would be better than nothing. That's what they'd have got. Do you see what they said? I want to see in black and white. That's what they'd have got. What did they say? They, they had to say, they had to, in faith, choose. By faith. Faith chooses. Amen? 
Jesus stood still and called unto him, and he said, and he said, What will you have me to do? And they said unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their, their, their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Amen. That's a great thing to do, is just keep following Jesus. Amen. They chose. Do you know what? I, I, the next part of this here, I, it'll take a while to do. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm going to look next week, and I'm going to get into this um, next week. But I am going to get into talking about um, the, the Pool of Bethsaida. Mm, that's good. Right? And it deals just, exact, it's just straight off of this. But it's a choice. Amen? It's a choice. What do you want from God? Amen? What do you want? What do you want? I, I, I'm not all into just like it's all what I want. God's a slot machine in the sky. So it's just give me, give me, give me all selfish things. You can ask and ask amiss because it's selfish. I'm interested in doing what God's called me to do. That's why a couple of weeks ago I talked about, you know, you spend time with Him. You let Him give you the desires of your heart. And then out of those desires, you start to, by faith, speak in those desires, as it says over in Mark um, chapter 11. You speak those desires out of your heart, and you believe for those things that God puts in your heart. And how that comes to pass is by seeking Him, putting Him first place. So I'm not talking about, you know, treating God like a genie with no relationship with Him. I'm talking about having a relationship with Him, but I need to show these principles. And when you have a relationship with him, you know, I always I say for me, I want God's plan for my life more than I want my plan for my life. And that's a good plan. And I'll tell you, it's better than the one, the Mickey Mouse one that I have for my life. And it will bless. It'll, like for you, it'll bless you. It'll bless your home. It'll bless your family. It'll bless your finances. It'll bless every area of your life. Amen. It'll bless your, your mind. It'll bless your health. It'll bless every area of your life. You can't lose by putting Jesus first. You can't lose. But you know what? When you realize what he has for you, you can come by faith. And when he says, what is it you want me to do for you? You take out that word and you say, God, here's what your word says. That's right. Your word says this and I believe you for it. God, here's, here's what I'm believing for. See, some people are saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm believing for a husband or believing for a wife. But you know what? They're, they're not calling forth what they desire. I'm not talking like shape, model, size. You know what I mean? I'm not talking that. But I know when it came to, for me, believing God for a wife, I wasn't, you know, just saying, any old thing will do. Yeah. <laughs> as long as she kind of looks like a woman. <laughs> and I don't have to eat alone. <laughs> you know, I, I, wasn't call, I was calling out, God, I want a woman that will help me fulfill the call of God upon my life. And that I'll help her fulfill the call of God upon her life. And together we can walk and do what you've called us to do. And God makes sure she's good looking. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Because you know what, I, I, I do walk by sight in some things, Lord. <laughs> so I do walk by faith, but Lord, I want her to be good looking as well. And you know what, God, you know, bless me beyond my wildest dreams. I'm so glad I didn't set the bar low and say just, you know, whatever God, just send anything along, it'll do. You don't pray like that. That's like the blind man saying, ah, whatever God, just, you know, just as long as I can half see the... You know, the newspapers, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I can set it at the back of the room and I can see it like this. No, God give them 20-20 vision. 
because that's what they believed for and that's what they chose. You know, I just want to leave tonight just saying, what are you taking? We'll leave it there this evening, amen.